0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Happy Monday morning to you. Top of the morning. Afternoon. Top of the afternoon to you. I said afternoon at first. I kind of got it right, didn't I? Yeah, close enough. Hey, this is the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your coach, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your life coach. Today we're talking life and how to uh, be a forward thinker. I personally... uh, I'm more of, let me see, not a forward thinker. You don't think so? I'm actually not a backward thinker or a forward thinker. I don't know what that... I in guess, the present? No, not really. Nope. How, how, you don't think at all. You I'm just, a non-thinker. <laughs> I guess that's what that means. No, I. it's funny. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the future. And I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the past. I guess I am. But I also am not like, I'm not trying to say I'm like, hey, so in the present, dude. I'm not. Maybe you should... Take a
1: moment and, and spend more time thinking about the future. And nah. Maybe. Nah.
0: It's too much work. No, that's today's topic, right? You're going to help me learn to be a forward thinker. Yeah, you know, there are lots of forward thinkers throughout history. Give me a few, because I don't necessarily think, oh, that guy's forward thinking. Leonardo da Vinci, for example. Ah, yeah, he was pretty
1: I right. mean, he, he drew up uh, schematics for a parachute. They, yeah. they tested it out 500 years later, and Before it Before they even had a plane.
0: Yeah. I mean, what would you jump off of back then? A cliff. A tree, yeah. A cliff, yeah. A small building, they, they didn't do bungee jumping back then? It's a shame. That is really true. So, thrilling. he invented a parachute before there was even really a compelling need to have one. Yeah. And, I mean, he thought way, that far ahead. Well, you know what? I invented a parachute when I was six, seven. Did it work? Well, it was a paper, it was a plastic bag. And you jump off of my tricky bars, we used to call them. Very effective, I mm-hmm. imagine. Some people thought, you know, tr- garbage bag. But no, I thought parachute. <laughs> Boom. Didn't work. Very innovative. That's Broke incredible. Two legs. No big deal. It's no big deal. So give me more.
1: Uh, Benjamin Franklin, for example. I mean, he invented the bifocal. The dollar uh, bill. Yeah. uh, Well, the $100 bill, right?
0: Well, I, I don't know. I've never had one.
1: Uh, he, I mean, he was an author, a printer, a sitarist, yeah. a, a politician, a, a postmaster. He mm. was a diplomat. He he was a jack of all trades. But he, he did some major research into electricity. Yes. Uh, he invented... The mullet. Uh, a, he invented the mullet. The Franklin stove. I mean, he was definitely a little ahead of his time. He was. Did you, you say time. that he
2: was a sitarist? Yeah. He
0: played the sitar? He did. What? I know. I can't even imagine that. That sounds like not forward thinking. <laughs> Because the sitar, the sitar would have been going backward back then. You know, he even
1: invented his own instrument called the uh, glass harmonica. Not to be confused with your
0: favorite instrument, the harmonica. Yeah. The juice harp, actually. The juice harp is my favorite instrument. It's just, <laughs> it's the twang. I can't, I can't get twang. Of it. Love <laughs> that twang. So uh, he, okay, I get him. So, you know, again, you're giving me inventors. Right. Right? Yeah. Well, duh. I mean, an inventor, just by definition, forward thinker. They invented something that didn't exist prior to them thinking about it. Well, forward. Martin
2: Luther King Jr. I think he was a forward thinker, too. There you too, go. Not definitely. an inventor.
0: See? Yeah. See, now you're getting somewhere. See, now? Okay, give me more. Give me more. There's got to be more.
1: I, even if they're an inventor, I don't care. Well, here's a guy, Edwin Land. I mean, we don't—you probably have never heard of this guy. Well,
0: he invented Land. No, he didn't. Okay. He
1: actually he didn't invent photography, but he pretty much invented or perfected everything that has to do with it color film. And, really? And, you know, he's the one that you can uh, blame for ha- not having to wait to, to to develop those embarrassing pictures of friends. But, you know, the Polaroid, they <laughs> the come Polaroid. instantly. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. See, did you guys grow up with the Polaroid? Like, I did. I did, actually. Yes. That, was, that was the party maker right there. Yeah,
2: it was huge. I remember when I bought my first Polaroid, well, not my first, I didn't have a lot.
0: <laughs> How many did you have? No, just one. <laughs> yeah.
2: I remember You're when only. I bought my my only, my one and only Polaroid camera, and it was fantastic. Did it sound like... Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh that, that, that sound was
0: like... heavy. You know, it you great. can't
1: really find those anymore. No. no. Oh, no. not really.
0: Oh no, museums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a museum. Well, now you've got you know, you know, cell phones.
1: We we come from an interesting generation where uh, you know the internet and cell phones and cameras, everything was yeah. just coming. When when I was a kid, that stuff wasn't around. But I kind of grew up in my teenage years using that stuff. Oh yeah, it's so really, really. I remember interesting when, when you had to
0: of... wait like days to get your pictures done. No one hour photo. No, I mean, I mean they have, I mean, they were there, but it was really new. Yeah, little photo mats. Mm-hmm. My mom, I my mom named me after a photo mat. <laughs> you know, we can thank all of those inventions from
1: coming from someone who, who went and thought of the future, looked in, forward, forward, thinker. Yeah, and you know, we have a great example of a forward thinker right here uh, where? where we broadcast from Provo, Utah.
0: Yes, who uh,
1: the mayor John Curtis. John Curtis. So, John, uh, he just took office January 5th, uh, 2010, and he began his second term uh, wow. this January 2014. Uh, but he's done some great things uh, here in Provo. He's brought Google Fiber,
0: Fiber here. Yeah, that's one, one of the, the only two yeah. cities, what, two or three cities yeah, in the uh, nation. Austin and Kansas City, yeah. I believe. We're Google uh, Fibered.
1: We're Google Fibered. Now we've got an airport that's actually funch- mm-hmm. functioning. You know, so Yeah, he's- it's going to
2: LAX. It's a big airport.
1: Yeah, so we
2: actually got to talk
0: to him. Mayor Curtis. Yeah. Hold it. Mayor Curtis allowed you two in to speak with him for a brief moment. Did
2: security know? Well, um, I think the only reason why he permitted it was because it was a phone interview. And so we were actually physically uh, close to him. You were near him. Yeah, exactly.
0: That was forward thinking. Yeah, that was really (laughs) smart. So you you guys sat down with him and you, you picked the brain of a kind of an up and coming mayor. To yeah, learn about we, we got thinking.
1: to ask him what he if he considered himself a forward thinker. Uh, you know, how did he get the, some of these things that he's done have to be started years in advance? Oh, yeah. I mean, how did he come up with these ideas and how does he forward think? Let's find out. You've done a lot of things during your, your administration. You've regularly scheduled air service at the airport. You've expanded parks and trails. And uh, Did you have a lot of ideas that you wanted to implement before you, you became mayor, or did you become mayor and see a lot of needs that needed to be met?
3: Most of them um, were developed after I became mayor. Um, we Early on, uh, four years ago, we did a document that I called Vision 2030, where as a community we came together and defined what we wanted to look like in 20 years. And that, I think, has been the nucleus for most of what we've accomplished.
1: Wow, that's looking really far into the future. How how do you come up with with ideas looking that far into the future?
3: Well, the fun thing about going out into the future is you don't have to be practical. And I think that's one of the things about forward thinking is frequently the ideas get killed by practicality. Uh But but if you have the luxury of saying, well, in 20 years, what would we like to look like? Then you don't have to worry about the fact that you don't have the money or that um, there's current regulation against what you're doing. All of those things can be ignored. And it really frees you up to say, wow, what if? And uh, that's that's where I like to think in that world of of no constraints.
1: Do you think that that's something that we can uh, implement in our own personal lives?
3: Oh, absolutely. And and I guess maybe to the extent that I've done that in my own life, perhaps I am a forward thinker, but I've I've always operated that way. And uh, I love thinking big, and I I hate constraints, and I hate reasons why you can't do something. Usually, uh, if you focus on the reasons why you can do something, uh, then you can make great things happen.
1: So what would you, I guess, recommend to non-mayor people uh, to to generate and implement the ideas that they have, uh, looking into the future?
3: Yeah, I think you put your goals, some goals, now obviously you need short-term goals too, but but as you think far out there, you think far enough away that it's not an excuse to say, well, I can't do that, I don't have the money or I don't have the time. You, you, You think far enough away that none of those things apply. And then get them on paper. They've got to be on paper. And um, it's amazing to me, I've found in life, that if you can get something on paper and then let time work on it, uh, you'll find incredible progress.
1: That's really neat. Recently, the city purchased a, a canyon. Yes. And uh, I was really interested in and in how you you come up with these ideas, the process <laughs> that you go through. you just wake up and say, you know what, that canyon is important to the community. I'm I'm going to buy that.
3: <laughs> so... You know, um, mayors love to take credit for everything, and your story sounds much better than mine. But the reality of it it that's been something the city's been working on for about 13 years, at least. Oh wow! And um, I had the the good fortune of kind of being in the driver's seat as it came to a conclusion. Um, but I think I think much the same thing. Had we had we discounted Rock Canyon to begin with because we couldn't see a way to make it happen, then we would have never made it to that day.
1: And you know what that probably took was someone way back 15 or so years ago looking forward and saying, you know what, that's important. We need to do something to purchase that.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And and not being um, put off by the fact that they couldn't see a clear path to get there.
1: Do you have any last tips or advice to to give Matt Townsend show listeners or a, a key to to forward thinking or, or how to to look off into the future?
3: You know, um, I think the other thing we've done here in Provo, uh, and it's really hard to articulate, but l- let me try: is you if you have this plan for where you'd like to be in twenty or thirty years, and something's just not working, you go where the doors are opening up, if that makes sense, and so. I wanted a beach um, on Utah Lake when I came in. That was one of my highest priorities. But I push on the doors, and they don't open up. And so I go and push on the Google Fiber door and the Rock Canyon door, and they open up. So I guess the message is you need enough great things out there that you'd like to have happen because windows will open up and give you opportunities, and you want to be able to take advantage of them and not get too bent out of shape about the windows that aren't opening up, uh, realizing there are so many good things out there. I'll um, just move to the next one.
0: Thank you so much, Mayor. We appreciate uh, your time.
3: You bet. Have a good day.
0: You know what? I. Okay. When I heard you went to visit the mayor, or, well, when you talked to him, and then security made you do it over the phone, um, I thought, wow. A, very forward thinking of you two. Oh, yeah. B, no way did he actually take the call. <laughs> uh, J, um, who. Who would think, but honestly, learning from a politician, a mayor, about how to live our lives, the idea that you're planning 30 years ahead? That blew my mind. That's huge. Yeah. We don't, I don't plan 30 years ahead. And he said that we could, you know, bring that down to a
1: personal yeah. level. That was, you know, groundbreaking for me. And even the fact that he said, and
2: I feel like that this isn't, isn't necessarily typical of, of um, p- political uh, figures a lot of the time, is, is adapt is that, yeah. That's what he was saying is that you know, I had a very specific thing that I wanted to accomplish when I first took office, right. and it just wasn't working. And so he moved on to other things. You know, He said if you know, one door doesn't open, move on to the next but one. you got to know what those
0: doors would be, exactly. and be and have them in your mind. There's the power of the future. Right have, there. Have a plan. It won't always work that way, but then adapt and then go open the doors that, that are open. Man, well done. Definitely a key to finding the good life. You guys. I'm proud of you. Good job. See now, let's. I want, I want Barack Obama. Let's interview him next time. All right, we're on it. Let's see how that goes. Hey, there's a few. I just pushed us forward. See that? Next time, Barack Obama. Hey, uh, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna continue the discussion about forward thinking. We've also got an expert who's going to be joining us, an expert in future-directed therapy and how maybe looking to the future might be a better indicator of creating a healthy psyche than what happened in your past. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are taking on future or forward thinking. We're trying to figure out how we can maybe plan and try to worry, not worry, that's not a good word, but you know, live the future, drive towards a better future in our lives versus just getting so caught up, so hung up on the past. And you know what? I think we found a great guest today that's going to walk us through how to do that. Our guest joining us right now on the phone is Janice Vilhauer. She's a Ph.D. and assistant professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Emory University School of Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia. She is the director of the outpatient psychotherapy program at the Emory Clinic. And um she has a very interesting specialty, okay The specialty is forward directed therapy and uh, or sorry future directed therapy and uh, as part of that, what basically she tries to do is is use the the concept of moving forward as a way to heal instead of believing that everything from our past is doomed to kind of stay that way, you know, that idea that is fairly typical in therapy that, uh, you know, you have to understand the past to move forward to the future. Well, she's finding some pretty interesting research about the fact that, uh, honestly, maybe what you ought to be doing is focusing a little bit more on the future in order to create wellness and in order to thrive. She's written a book, Think Forward to Thrive, which helps to capture capture some of uh, her useful tips and, and, and tools to help us through that so Janice welcome to the Matt Townsend show
4: hi thank you so much for having me you
0: bet it is an honor to have you and I love this kind of future directed focus you know, as somebody that's more of like a positive psychologist, I there's a ton of power, I believe, in, uh, I guess, in seeing how our lives could be better. Is that how you use this future-directed therapy? Talk about, first of all, what is future-directed therapy, and how did you get into it? How did you find it?
4: Um, well, happily, I'll be happy to tell you about it. Um, So future-directed therapy, it's a a new form of psychotherapy. There are sort of multiple different kinds of psychotherapy out there that people can get. Traditionally, psychotherapy has always been uh, mostly focused on sort of, you know, what's happened in your past. People spend a lot of time sort of trying to figure out the things in their past, hoping that if they can kind of figure that out, that that'll somehow lead to a better future in some way. And as I was, you know, trained in that very traditional model, I, when I started to, you know, work with patients, I noticed that the people who were sort of getting better on a regular basis were always the people that were able to find new goals and mm-hmm. really started to make transitions uh, and focus on their future. And that's really when you started to see the change in uh, how they were doing. And so I, you know, just really started to emphasize that more and more. And I recognized that um, over time that seemed to be the majority of what we were focusing on. And that was really helping people quite a bit. And I was seeing a lot of progress Hmm. uh, that I hadn't seen in the past.
0: And what made you, because that's what's really interesting about it is that must have drawn you personally to to follow that type or that approach of psychotherapy because i mean there's something probably about you that found that to be more i guess motivating what what was it about you that that cuz forever you could have just gone to traditional you know the child is father to the man mentality
4: well, I think that, you know, there's a combination of sort of, you know, a lot of different things. I was just kind of, you know, at the right time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in my life and in, in sort of my work when a lot of other new research was coming out in the field that really hadn't always been there before. So there's been a lot of work in the last, you know, 10 years or so looking at uh, anticipation as being a core concept uh, of our brain, that everything we do is about is thinking about the future, that in fact there's nothing that we can think about that isn't future-oriented in some way in the sense that it's about anticipation, hmm. and so, you know, and that everything you know, all the actions that we take are all about what we think is going to happen, and that that has a really profound effect on how we live our lives, how we perceive things, how we you know, go about understanding our world and then, you know, how we create our lives.
0: Yeah. It seems like it's the motivator, right? It's um, if if all we have to do is, I guess, fix our past and what happened to us, that may not be as motivating to us as being able to move forward into the future. It's it's almost like this more appreciative, I guess, that's the anticipatory side of it. it it's It's a driver for us.
4: Exactly. The future is what really motivates us, Uh, you know, when we expect things to go well, we feel good, we feel positive. When we expect things are going to go poorly, we actually feel a lot of negative emotions. Mm -hmm. We feel depressed or we feel anxious. And so, you know, it is the positive things in life that really kind of motivate us, that get us excited. And the way that, it's not that the past doesn't somehow matter. The past is what we use to predict the future. Mm But it's really, you know, in understanding that future thinking by itself is its own set of skills that, in fact, you know, just because something went wrong in the past doesn't mean it actually has to go that way in the future. That we can actually become very kind of consciously aware of what we're doing and how we're thinking about the future and learn to sort of break free of those past things. But the past really only matters to the degree we use it for prediction. And after that, it's not really doing a whole lot for us. So,
0: Powerful. You know, I mean, it, yeah. seems, it seems like obvious, doesn't it, that, that to co-create kind of this ideal vision of the future and, and then start creating some solutions for it. What are, what are some of the disorders or wh- what do you use, where do you use this type of, uh, this therapeutic approach? Where do you use the future, you know, directed therapy to help people? What are some situations or, you know, disorders or conditions that you can actually use this and help see change?
4: Well, it was specifically originally uh, used as a treatment for depression. So we really started with depressed patients knowing that people with depression in general tend to have uh, deficits in what we call reward processing or their ability to actually predict positive future expectations. Mm. And so I really wanted to see if we could actually stimulate that for them. And as we started to do that research, what we realized was that people with depression as well as people with other psychiatric disorders also seem to have a deficit in a lot of skill sets that are necessary for creating positive future experiences. So things like uh, problem solving, planning, goal setting, those are things that, you know, when people do them well, they tend to produce a high level of well-being. But when people don't have those skills, and not everybody does have them to the same degree, you see a lot of, uh, you know, deficits in terms of, you know, how people Um, you know, function, which then creates a lot of negative emotion for people when they're not able to obtain the things in life they find to be rewarding.
0: Well, then no wonder that your future seems so dismal. You can't solve a problem. You don't have a plan. None of your goals ever come to fruition. It is, it does seem hopeless. And then I guess that self fulfills in our mind. Psychologically, we don't, we don't know how to get out of it.
4: Well, exactly, and the concept of self-fulfilling prophecy is huge in terms of future thinking because everything, again, is about what we anticipate will happen. So we don't act based on what does happen. We act based on what we expect will happen, Mm. and as a result of that, oftentimes we take actions and we start to feel things and think things ahead of the actual events that ever occur. So we're in preparation for what we expect. Yeah. And oftentimes what we're expecting isn't necessarily something we want. And so then our actions are leading us towards, you know, a path that we don't want as opposed to the one that we do want. And so, you know, learning to really be aware in the present of what it is you're expecting going forward and, and really putting out there you know, the actions toward the thing you want to happen as opposed to the thing that you don't want to happen is really, really important.
0: Because, too, I guess that's the data you'd end up selecting to validate, right? So if I wanted to validate that my life is horrible, it was horrible, it's always been horrible, it was horrible today, and tomorrow it will also be horrible, uh, then I guess that's the data I will go look for. And then it literally, now I've got data. See, that one thing happened. Or there it is. Exactly. And we exactly. overlook the other 12 things. Now, it's interesting. Is that then does that thinking then um, perpetuate more negative chemistry, more stress, more cortisol, you know, kind of the negative chemistry or which comes first? Maybe bad chemistry, lack of certain chemicals that make us think that way. Does, or, or is it just a cycle?
4: Well, you know, psychiatric problems, depression, all of those things are very complicated. There is certainly a mind-body interaction. Um, You know, when we're talking specifically, let's say, about the treatment of depression, you know, we always say that there's a combination of either medication and psychotherapy that together make the best outcome. Um, However, both are working on the brain. So medication is working on the brain, and so is psychotherapy. We know that, you know, you can actually change your brain, uh, you know, with the way that you think that, in fact... You, you actually can change brain structure and brain chemistry. And so, yes, the, the thoughts you think are very, very important in that sense um, that, yes, when you think positive thoughts, it actually is producing a, slight, it is, it, a slightly different sort of chemical balance than when you're thinking a lot of negative thoughts. And over time, yes, it creates a cycle that can either spiral downward or it can spiral upward, and that's something that you have a choice in once you realize you're doing it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I guess you'd have to be able to, and that's one of the keys, I guess, to kind of a cognitive approach is noticing what you're thinking, starting to notice the thought patterns, notice notice what's going through your mind as you're doing this.
4: Noticing thought patterns and noticing where your attention is focused. Hmm. So I always say attention precedes thought. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's very difficult sometimes to shift our thinking when it's very, very entrenched on right. a certain subject. But what we can do much more readily is shift our attention. And when our attention is on something that you know feels good to us and that we are you know wanting to focus on, it elicits that positive uh, chemistry in the brain that helps us get to a better place. So that oftentimes when we go back to the difficult things, we're more able to, uh, fun- are more able to sort of make those shifts when that. we're already in a better place.
0: Beautiful. We're talking with Janice Vilhauer, the author of the book Think Forward to Thrive. She's, she's teaching us the tools, future-directed therapy, and really how to use our mind and our attention to, uh, to hopefully create a better future and, and uh, maybe a few more you know, moments of success. When we come back, we're going to go a little deeper. We're going to ask Janice to give us some of the skills that are backing uh, this this new approach to therapy, and see if we can't uh, start moving future directed, and have a healing moment for all of us as we're learning how to be healthier and happier. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on Sirius XM One Forty Three BYU Radio. back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your coach, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side. We're doing what we can on this program to give you the tools to move your life forward. Are you tired of being stuck? Are you tired of being overcome by negative emotions? You're ready to take some action and move forward? Today's the show. Today, we're talking forward thinking And, uh, you know, we got an expert today. Janice Vilhauer is joining us. She's a Ph.D. She's an assistant professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Emory University School of Medicine. She's the director of the outpatient psychotherapy program at uh, the Emory Clinic in Atlanta at the, I guess that's at the University School of Medicine. And she's the author of a book, Think Forward to Thrive. Highly suggest you go look up her website, futuredirectedtherapy.com, dot com, and uh, you know she's fully trained in the all forms, really, probably of psychotherapy, but she's taken a special liking <laughs> to one approach, uh, future directed therapy, which is where we tend to project forward. We tend to go forward with with where we want to take our life instead of, um, you know, staying stuck in the past. It doesn't mean the past hasn't impacted us. Uh, future Directed Therapy, FDD for short. She's the developer. She's developed this approach. And um, one of the things that's interesting that kind of is the the key to the Future Directed Therapy approach, your past does not drive your behavior per se. Your past is not what is holding you where you are. Your life is determined by how you think about the future. And again, it's not just positive thinking, but it's more about anticipation. Whatever you anticipate happening in your life is probably going to set up a lot of stuff about your life. So we have brought her on today. Again, her name is Janice Vilhauer, Dr. Janice Villhauer. Go to her website, futuredirectedtherapy.com. Janice, welcome back to The Matt Townsend Show. Thank you so much I uh, this is something I was always a big student of like solution based therapy brief therapy uh, appreciative inquiry uh, future searches kind of in organizational communication and stuff so to me this resonates as so true and I mean are you finding are you finding therapists receptive to this new theory
4: I think that the um, reception has been a lot like what you just said people sort of immediately say this just makes so much sense to them it, yeah. just, it it just resonates with them on a very deep level and it resonates very much with clients as well I people bet. you know sometimes you know struggling immediately start to get it when you start talking about you know focusing on what they want and it's pretty incredible how quickly you know, you see just changes in their affect and how they're emotionally just functioning when they start to really, you know, think about things that they want and are positive about in their life.
0: Hmm. I mean, I, I love it. I love the idea, too, that once you kind of get their head wrapped around This future scenario or this, I I, I would call it like kind of an ideal future. Is that how you take it? But like, what would it look like in the future if you were healthy and in a healthy way handling this conflict that you struggle with? How would that look like in the future? It seems like once the motivation kicks in um, and the hope, maybe like a little spark of hope that, okay, to me it seems like you've, you've freed them. You've set them free from the monsters that were holding them back.
4: Well, I wish it was quite that simple. Um, (laughs) Yeah,
0: wouldn't that be great? um,
4: Basically, you know, yes, we we obviously want people to sort of experience hope, and yes, as soon as they sort of are able to turn their attention away from the problems, that is what starts to happen. The the thing that we have found, however, there's a sort of number of common mistakes that people make that oftentimes sabotage them from actually taking what they want and actually turning it into the real experience that they want to have, and that's where so many people get stuck you know we all set you know goals for ourselves all the time how many failed new year's resolutions <laughs> are there you know yeah. and it's lots of times it's because there are things that people are doing uh, without recognizing it, that are actually getting in the way of their success. And so that's one of the things that, you know, I really tried to identify, which what are the things yeah. that people are doing, uh, you know, well and not so well in terms of creating future experiences, and how can we teach them to do it in a successful way?
0: Teach us, teach us some of your, your learnings. What are some of these sabotaging mistakes? What are some things that we could, you know, just if we could introduce some of them into our lives today would, would make an impact?
4: Well, one of the things that people do is when you ask somebody what they want, uh, they oftentimes will immediately tell you the end, the, the final product that they want. So if you you know somebody is saying to themselves, you know, I'm feeling like a failure, well, what do you want? Well, I'd like to be a success. Well, that's great. And, you know, yeah. eventually, the opposite eventually of failure. we'd like you. Yeah. It's the opposite effect, exactly. And so they go for this, you know, the thing, the very sort of opposite But the problem is getting there is so far away from where they are that they have a very hard time actually taking the steps or figuring out the steps in between to get there. And that's really, uh, you know, where people then fall down because it's it's the participating in the process of creating those steps that is the difference between the people who get there and the people who don't. And Hmm. oftentimes participating in that process is something that they have to really trust is going to actually unfold for them, because there's not necessarily a, um, a map that they can see ahead of time, that there are lots of steps along the way that they have to kind of continue to go through for the process to unfold. And that's something that can be a little tricky for people. Lots of times people want to see a final destination, an end point, before they're even willing to act sure. on step one.
0: I, in fact, on your website, you, talk, you give an example about um, playing the piano. So right now I'm, you know, I'm horrible at playing the piano. What would you like to be? Well, ideally I'd like to be, you know, really good at playing the piano. (laughs) Okay. Right. So then there's the reality that tomorrow I still have to go practice and I'm really not very good at playing the piano. So you also say we have to trust then. So there's this, there's this moment of trusting the process, trusting that we can make up the plan between not so good and incredible at piano.
4: Right. So it's, you know, I want to be a great piano player. I don't even, I don't own a piano. I don't know a piano (laughs) teacher. I don't have any idea, you know, where I'd get the money. So there's all these things along the way that have to happen in order for, you know, an experience to occur. That people have no idea sometimes how to get there and can 't see how they, you know what those steps would be, you and bet. so we really have to teach people you know how to walk themselves through that process and understand that there is a process and trust in that process so that they can get through those steps so that they can then let you know the new things the things that they need to happen unfold so that they can kind of get to that final destination you know it's, it's sort of like you know if you're trying to drive uh, you know, from New York uh, to Canada, you, d- you don't sort of turn around <laughs> yeah. uh, just because, you know, you don't have... A, you don't stop yourself from going because you don't have a map. You you go and you find the map. You get the GPS. You map right. out the, the directions. And so, you know, lots of times it's, it's just, you know, learning how to go through that process.
0: It seems in a way... Like, it actually seems less therapeutic, even though the result is therapeutic, but it seems more like what, uh, you know, a trainer or a coach would do to take you to, to elevate your skills. It's almost more a coaching mentality than this, you know, psychotherapeutic approach.
4: Well, I actually think that all psychotherapy
0: yes. is yeah.
4: basically what are you learning? I yeah. mean, that's, that's really what's happening. Whether you're learning about your past and what you did wrong or whether you're learning about your future and how to do it right – Basically, learning is taking place in any therapeutic process. And what people don't recognize is that so much of the time what's causing their pain is the fact that they're unable to kind of make changes and they're unable to move forward from difficult situations. And so we're really just trying to teach them the skills that they need so that they're you know to stop stop sort of impeding themselves from the progress that they're trying to make.
0: Mm. You know what? And anything that would create change in a healthy way... It seems, you know, it seems it's like, therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, it is going to feel yeah. pretty good, isn't it? There, there's right. the therapy.
4: Right. So that the ultimate goal is to feel good in life. I mean, that's where the therapy takes place, to stop feeling bad and to feel good. And yeah. so if you can teach people what it is that they need to do to make that happen, in my mind, that is, you know, sort of therapeutic uh, sort of outcome.
0: Oh, sure. Um Janice, are you able? I'd love to go one more segment with you, about fifteen more minutes. Can you hang on and and stay with us so we could do another sure. segment? Sure. Because to me, I, I want to. Um, I really want to come back and and have you teach us, you know, a few more of those sabotaging mistakes that we make, um, and then also, if you can, help us get rid of some of these limiting beliefs, or not get rid of, but just give us some a few, uh, you know, a few keys, a few skills. Because a lot of us just have these thoughts that seem so deeply embedded in our head that we keep kind of rebooting to. Um, so I'd love to come back to you again. We're talking with Dr. Janice Vilhauer. Go to her website, futuredirectedtherapy.com, and uh, check out her book, Think Forward to Thrive, How to Use the Mind's Power of Anticipation to Transcend Your Past and Transform Your Life. We're doing it, folks. Transforming our lives. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Hopefully giving you some tools to find a better life. We'll be right back, right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show Hey, today we are moving our lives forward. What better way to do that than with our uh, guest today, Janice Vilhauer, is the author of the book, Think Forward to Thrive. She's also a Ph.D. Assistant Professor of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at Emory University School of Medicine. She is the developer of an approach called Future Directed Therapy. By the way, awesome website. If you want to go check out her website, futuredirectedtherapy.com. FDT is the approach she's teaching us today which is basically try to figure out how to create a mindful conscious future directed approach to change. And uh really feel honored to have her on the on the phone with us and learning what we can. Again Dr. Vilhauer, welcome back to the program.
4: Thank you so much, Matt.
0: Now okay, teach us more. Teach us more about um I guess, how do we get some of these thoughts that seem, you know, I always hear people, well, my mom said I was fat when I was young, and it stays there. And so we want to kind of go back and just keep circling on that thought. How do we move forward in a future directed way?
4: Right. So what I like to encourage everybody to do uh, with their thinking is to think of it as a resource, much like money, that in fact, we can only think a certain number of thoughts in any given time period. And there's some sort of random uh, sort of statistics out there that say, you know, approximately about 50,000 thoughts, we think, even though some people it's less, some people more. Yeah. but essentially, you want to think of it as a, as a limited resource. It's a lot like money. So if I gave you $50,000 in a day and told you to go shopping, you wouldn't spend it on all the things you don't want. You <laughs> would go and buy the things you do want. Right, yeah. And so oftentimes what people are doing without realizing it is they're spending their thoughts on things they don't want in life, they're sort of focused on all the things they don't want, that they don't feel good about, that you know are sort of things that they can't even change, and you know, things yeah. that their mother said to them when they were growing up. And so, what we try to get people to do is to become very consciously aware of if they're spending their thought on something that's wanted or unwanted, and that recognizing that that's a choice that they can begin to make. And hmm. so, we teach people to realize that the unwanted thoughts aren't going to get them anything that they do want, that they have to begin to shift that thinking over to things that they do want. Now the next question that always comes up is well what do I want? I right. don't know what I want. Yeah, <laughs> you know? really. So, And because people have been spending so much time thinking about what they don't want that that's actually very legitimate, that they actually don't know. And so what we teach them to do is you know, write out you know, on any subject you want. So if it's a job you don't like, you can sit down and write down all the things in one column you don't want or don't like about that job. And that's, you know, they sort of create a long list, which is usually pretty easy for them to do. Yeah. Then we get them to go to a second column and flip each one of those things over so that they can find the opposite of it. So, you know, for example, if you have a boss who uh, treats you, you know, disrespectfully, what is it that I do want? Well, I want a boss who treats me in a more respectful way. Huh. So what we get them to do is then by doing that, you know, they take their long list of all the things they don't want. They flip it over each item and they now have a long list of all the things that they do want Mm. uh and what that does is it begins to create it doesn't mean they have it yet but what it does is they now have an image in their mind which they sort of have they can create is now a destination for where they're trying to go at least you know and so then then the next step is well how do i get there you know so that starts a chain reaction in the mind which sort of ignites the executive function system, which is all about problem solving. Right. And once once we're able to, you know, see where we're trying to go and have a map and, and then the, the problem solving part of the brain can begin to kick in. So even though we might not know how to get there yet, the more we kind of focus on it, think about it, follow you know, whatever sort of steps we can take towards it, our mind is now working on solving that problem and wow. we have so, so that's really, you know, the destination that we're trying to get to, and we, we want to sort of engage that part of the brain to work with us and help us kind of move in that direction.
0: Well, and it, isn't it you? You're the, you know, much more than I do. But it seems like once we're in the executive functioning, problem-solving side of the brain, we're less in the fight-or-flight kind of amygdala, fear-based approach.
4: That's exactly So now right. you've
0: you've you've done the jump. So now you're in the brain that can do something about something other than just fretting it.
4: Exactly right. And what people don't realize is it's not, it's not as difficult to get that side of the brain going as, as people might think. It's simply about creating that image of where is it that I want to go. But most of the time, what happens is we get very stuck in, uh, in the ideas about you know all the things we don't want in our life. And that's where the repetitive thought process comes in, and we get very kind of focused over and over again on, you know, what it is we don't like and why we don't like it and all the reasons why we yeah. don't like it. Yeah. And it. And we don't recognize that that's a lot of resource that we're spending uh-huh. on all those things we don't want that is not being spent getting towards what we do want. So it's You know, that's why I like the money example, because if you think about when we're focused all of the things you don't want. It's like throwing that money in the garbage because it's not getting you anything that you want.
0: No, exactly. That is such a great question. And when you, when you see it as a, because we always think, I guess, no, our thoughts have, are unlimited. Well, not, I guess, cognitive, not focused, intentional thinking. It isn't unlimited. I mean, you've got so much day uh, when you're awake.
4: Exactly. I mean, if you kind of break it down, I always just kind of give the example, imagine if you can only think 60 thoughts in 60 seconds. And if you spend 59 of those thoughts on all the things you don't like, well, you're going to feel really lousy in that one minute.
0: Well, but that's what's weird, too, is it, it seems like I had a client in my office today and I was trying to teach him this very idea. We can improve your relationship one of two ways, I guess, spending a lot of time focusing on what doesn't work or starting to aggregate because they had a really good week and like their scores on a scale from 1 to 10 they they basically said right, we were 8s it's it's it was one of the greatest weeks we've had in a long time but we just have a few things we need to work on and they immediately wanted to go to those other thoughts and I'm like okay stop before we go there let's just start making a list of everything we're noticing that's working and maybe start there let's just start with what's working and then go to, because then like you were just, you just did a perfect example. Then we, we could make a list of what doesn't work and then flip them over to see what we would want to have happen and then ask the question, so now, how can we get there?
4: And that is really, how can we get there? The sort of moment that that future you're trying to create starts to happen. Mm. You know, really igniting that thought. Starts the whole problem-solving executive function process yeah. going in the direction that you want it to be going. So it's a pretty powerful question to ask yourself: What do I want, and how can I get there?
0: Uh, I, oh, you know what? And I and I know it works. I've seen it. I saw it happen today. Uh, but I also saw something where there's almost. And try to ex- explain this to us. There's something about us that thinks. And maybe it's just because we're feeling the fear. Does the fear just more naturally want to take us to the dark side to talk about what's not working? Is it the fear that drives us there? What What is it that actually makes us want to talk about that, especially when sitting there, is You already had a great week. You've already had a really successful week. Don't just go to the fear. I mean, what is it?
4: Well, some of it is habit. You know? Yeah. Some of it is just that's what we're used to doing. That's why we've been in this place and you know for as long as we have been, because that's you know that's what we talk about—the right. you know, bad stuff. You know, yeah. um, if we were always talking about the good stuff, we wouldn't be here anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, so part of it is habit. Part of it is uh, you know not knowing what to do differently. Part of it is uh, you know when you start to do something differently, it actually feels a little uncomfortable and it feels. Uh That uh by itself, can elicit its own sense of distress you yeah. know one one thing that I always tell people it's really important to know the difference between discomfort and distress because any anytime you start to change in life, you're stepping outside that comfort zone and it will feel by definition a little bit uncomfortable if it's not uncomfortable, something you're not outside the comfort zone yet right, but the difference between that and distress distress means you're too far outside the comfort zone, you know so it's really knowing like how to you know to take small steps to learn to do things uh, in in sort of a, a doable way as opposed to the big leaps that so many people try to make when when they're first making changes and getting excited about their future you know really yeah. knowing how to do it in a step by step way
0: it's um i it really is profound and i also like that you add you you also have to trust because you, People that haven't experienced this a lot, they, they don't necessarily know where to go because where would we go because I've never done it before. So to some degree, I guess you have to trust that it can work, that it will work. And then I, d- I guess do it enough till you've got built your own ability and and maybe need less of the trust.
4: Yeah, you know, that the concept of what I call participating in the process, knowing that there is a process by which steps in life unfold, you know, things that you want to occur will unfold the more you focus your attention on them and wanting to get there. You know, so an example I give, you know, if you're if you're wanting to buy a home and you've never done that before, you know, you don't have you have no idea what those steps are going to be, mm-hmm. but because lots of people have bought homes, you have a certain element of faith that you can, in fact, figure out the process. You know, you, you kind of get, you know to get a realtor, and then, you know, different things along the way will unfold, you know. um but it's, it's much like that with, with everything that we do. We don't necessarily know what the process is, but we have to have a certain amount of faith that if we take a step, anything we know to do, that it's going to lead to new information, new ideas, yeah. new thoughts will come to us that we didn't know even existed. We can solve problems that we have no idea even exist yet, as long as we're willing to sort mm-hmm. of walk, walk in the direction of where we want to go. And that's something that is, is challenging for a lot of people because they, they want a clear map. They Want to see it first before they're even willing to take take the step. step.
0: Yeah, they could get hit, they could get T boned.
4: but it's but it doesn 't mean you have to take huge steps no. or, or do something that you know is so uncomfortable that it feels distressful it 's just about knowing you know if all I know to do is go to Google and type in a question about something I want in my life and figure it out and get a new piece of information that 's going to open another door that 's going to lead to another door to another thread to another piece of information that 's what I need to do to begin to make a future unfold for yeah. myself that you know previously I just had no idea how it was going to get there.
0: It really is uh, powerful. One quick question as we wrap up: Can I, knowing this concept of um, you know maybe thinking forward, helping to create this uh, this ideal you know this this destination of where we want to go, can I as a person influence others to to start moving forward just by simply how I interact with them, or d- does it wholly depend on them just doing it themselves? It seems like if I am asking some of the right questions or because i could easily just ask so what's wrong and then we get into your past and the story could could just my questioning influence their own thinking
4: oh absolutely because what you know people don't realize i mean you can ask someone a question about you know, something that they don't want, and they can go and start talking about that. And I guarantee, you know, as a therapist, in, in five minutes, I can have anybody crying anytime, <laughs> <laughs>
5: right.
4: just by what I ask them yeah. to think about, you know, and or I can have them, you know, laughing and smiling and talking about something that feels really good to them based on the questions that I'm asking and getting them to focus on. So, so very much, you know, we influence people by, you know, the, the conversations that we have with them, by the things that we, you know, talk about with them. Um, you know, so I, I think that that's a, a something that's that's very powerful that we all have the ability to do. You know, if we yeah. ask people to talk about things that are wanted and positive in their life, it's going to cause them to, you know, engage in those conversations and have, you know, positive emotions that go with it.
0: It's powerful to think that you can step into and, and be a part of the solution I mean even just the just the future conversation is what I would call it so appreciate uh, you, Janice, and keep up the great work again go to her website futuredirectedtherapy.com and and go check out her book I guess you can probably get it anywhere think forward to thrive uh, man just a few it's a process learning a process a different way to think forward and uh, man the benefit of thriving while you're at it tons of good stuff again let's learn folks let's start. Let's start moving our lives forward. We're going to have more, more topics, more ideas today to get you to become a forward thinker and maybe a forward thriver. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today, great subject, great topic we're focusing on. You know, future thinking, future progressing, future forward. Wouldn't it be great if you could just move on? If you could just, I don't know, let it go and succeed and get going? That's the topic of the show today. We've already, uh, you know, basically spent 40 minutes with a therapist teaching us about future-directed therapy. Now, we're going to get into SMART goals. A lot of us, you know, we as humans, were notorious for setting goals and not following through. We even joke about how quickly we break our New Year's resolutions as part of being a forward thinker. We have to start changing the way we set goals for our future There's an easy way to do this. It's SMART, S-M-A-R-T, or SMART Goals. Maddie Richards is going to tell us about it.
6: Setting goals can be difficult, and it can be even more difficult maintaining the goals you've already set. We have five smart ways to help you make and keep goals that will help you become the person you want to be in the future. S is for specific. A specific goal has a much greater chance of being accomplished than a general goal. To set a specific goal, you must answer the six W questions. Who, what, when, where, which, and why. An example of a general goal would be get in shape, but a specific goal would say join a health club and work out three days a week. M is for measurable. Establish concrete criteria for measuring progress towards the attainment of your goal. When you measure your progress, you're going to stay on track, reach your target dates, and experience the exhilaration of achievement that spurs you to continued effort required to reach your goal. Ask these questions. How much? How many? How will I know when it's accomplished? A good example is, I'll know my goal is accomplished when I've lost 10 pounds. A is for attainable. When you identify goals that are most important to you, you begin to figure out ways you can make them come true. You develop attitudes, abilities, skills, and financial capacity to reach the goal. You need to identify a goal that's important to you, but it's also crucial to remember this goal has to be something you can actually reach. You can say, I want to lose 100 pounds, but it's much more attainable to say, I want to lose 10 in two months. Then you can make another smaller goal that will get you eventually to your 100-pound desire. R is for relevant. Does this goal have anything to do with where you are in your life and where you want to be? For example, if you're already a healthy weight, should you be trying to lose 20 pounds? Or should your goal be to eat healthier so you feel more energized? One of those goals is relevant. The other isn't as important. T is for timely. A goal should be grounded with a time frame. With no time frame, there's no sense of urgency. If you want to lose 10 pounds, when do you want to lose it by? Someday won't work. But if you anchor it with a time frame, like June 1st, you're much more likely to get there. These smart goals are going to help your goal setting and keeping and get you where you want to be. When you set goals, make sure they're smart.
0: Would you look at that? She's so smart. Maddie. Yeah. Maddie Richards. Uh, I'm sure it's the fact that she's a ginger. Ginger Maddie. Mm-hmm. She is, she just taught us to be smart. Now, I don't make smart goals. You don't? They're not, no. I usually make goals under duress. <laughs> usually, <laughs> when my wife says, What are you doing? Uh-huh. And I'm like, Ah, I don't know, but I'm going to be better. I promise. And then, you know, there's sure. stress. Yeah. I'm not. That's sad. It's because I don't plan ahead. I don't think ahead. You know what I found out? You guys won't believe this. I don't have a great sense of time.
7: No, I don't believe that not what? at all. It's really? Not five at all, Five really. minutes to no. me
0: could be 50.
7: Sure. Yeah.
0: I started today because I'm always running a little late with my clients. I just always go over about mm-hmm. five minutes. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're over like two hours.
7: Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: But I started setting my timer on my watch. Okay. And it's brilliant. And then I forgot to set my timer on my third client. But again, I should have a goal. So tomorrow I'll have a goal to be better at setting my timer. Okay. I should make it specific and measurable and relevant, and I should make it smart, but I'll forget. So I'd like to delegate- How do you make
7: that measurable, though?
0: Well, out of the four clients I'll have tomorrow, how many did I actually set my watch on? And what times did we start my next session? Uh-huh. Yeah, be on at
2: least three of your clients, you'll you'll mm-hmm. set your
0: alarm. Yeah. So that'll give you something to attain. Well, see, that's if I'm going yeah, but I'm, I, I really want to go four for four. But then that's maybe sort of, I have to you – know, You need to start, start somewhere, you I've got to pat it.
7: If you don't set the timer and go over, what does the client – Well, they love it. – afterwards mean, <laughs> get because, you know, their time gets cut short. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh-huh.
0: See, um, nothing.
7: That's called cheating the client, isn't
0: it? No, because the next one gets the next one still gets their time. I just am starting have to go over, ten minutes yeah, oh, late. Oh, I see. Okay, and then by the end of the day, you know, I owe them a day. I'm a day late and a dollar <laughs> short. Oh man, see, but that's that's goal setting. It are, is. are you are you all very effective at that? No,
7: I, I don't do very good at goal setting. Mm-mm. I can break a goal in a second. Oh sure, but don't. I've make already me. done that this year. Have you?
0: <laughs> have you already broken your New Year's resolution? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a
7: bad. I, I don't even remember my New Year's resolution. I only made one. Oh, really? Yeah. You want to share it? I was trying to do better on my my movie blog this year. Oh yeah. Keep it up. Yeah. You haven't done anything. Which I haven't. Why? No, I've done a couple. Yeah, but come on, people are people need your help. I know. What is your movie blog? Familymanmovieblog dot
0: dot org forward slash dot net. Mm-hmm.
7: <laughs> so yeah, that's not a real. But no. I, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've I've been trying to keep it up and just haven't been. That good at it this
0: year. I could do a pump-up session. Do you want me to pump you up? Okay. Come on, Sean. You can do it. Sean, you're the best, man. Okay. Nope. <laughs> yeah. The kids and I believe <laughs> you need to do more of that to save them yeah. mm-hmm. from yeah. darkness of movies. That's like you writing talks. How you feeling, yeah. Sean? <laughs> Don't you feel pumped up? <laughs> you're, you're just ready to go? See, I, we need to have a review. We should hold each other accountable from here on out. Okay. I'm going to make a goal someday.
7: You can ask me every Monday
0: if I did a review that weekend. You know what, Matt? You already made a goal, made and a I'm, goal ho- to to I'm holding the you accountable I'm, for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad you brought that up, because I, I have a book draft I'm supposed to have written. Do you remember the date it's supposed to be written by? Oh, I wrote it down. <laughs> it is in my notes. Kay. I wrote it down. Okay. Would
2: you just look that up? Because <laughs> yeah. you know that. Yeah.
0: I think I said by the end of I, the month.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's by the end of April. Was it the end of May? Oh,
0: man. No, it was April. It was, you gave I yourself think one month. It was month. May. Okay. My sure. brain just said, no, it's May. <laughs> we're, uh, uh, we're reassessing the yeah. goal. So by it's the end, of, end May, of May, I'm going to have mm-hmm. that book draft ready. I'm okay. writing this down right Write now. Write it down for real. End of May. And let's put it up somewhere.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. <laughs> just, you know, and it's measurable book draft done,
7: relevant we could put it on your facebook page yeah and we're going to have like a segment totally of the think.
0: show that we're going to
2: check in every single day it's like you have 23 <sighs> days left how are you doing matt tick
0: tick, tick yeah t-tick. it'll be yeah a clock. you know what i don't like goals
7: <laughs> i'm a visionary man <laughs> i'm a visionary you don't make me a, a lot have of a goal. visionary men had goals yeah well i think a That's big true. part of goals
2: uh, actually that that we over, I don't know, it just seems like almost a stigma of goals, you know, that mm-hmm. we don't like making them because we don't like breaking them. <laughs> exactly. You know, but that's the thing that I, I feel that I've learned a lot with goals, even on the show with past guests that we've had, is that that really has to be something that's an innate part of goals is setting ourselves up to how to recover when we do break yeah. them. Because yeah. goals aren't something we're good at that's already. Right. That's exactly well,
7: right. like Dr. Vilhauer was talking about in our in our previous segments, in our previous hour. Sure, you have a goal that you want to play the piano. Sure, but first you have all you have to buy a piano. Yeah. So, uh, so if you want to get is... your if you want to get your book written, go buy. Okay, I have to have this chapter done by uh, this date. Another yeah. chapter done by this date.
0: <laughs> I know, and work at it slower. It is. See, and part of it is follow the yellow brick road. There's the overwhelm because you also have. Fifteen goals simultaneously. I know, I know. And then they converge, and then you know your children want to eat.
7: That's when you. That's when you do something called prioritizing.
0: So once again, that would be a great goal. Yes, it would. Don't know how to do it. <laughs> Don't know how to do it. So whatever's and I actually do. I taught time management. I actually know the skills to do it. But the problem is, that's what our the guest that made me set that goal. That sounds reactive. The guest that challenged me to have that goal, also is basically teaching. Get rid of the excuses. Start. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Goal settings. That's. Uh, I'm going to work on it. I promise. I really will. Coming up next on the show, Brooke Walker will be joining us, and Brooke is going to uh, give us some tools, some skills, some insight into how to kind of move on, how to let some stuff go, move into the future by letting go of the past. Brooke Walker will be joining us next. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about being future-minded, future-thinking, Honestly, being able to move your life, future into the future, wouldn't that be ironic? If we could actually have a life that moves forward, with where we progress, wouldn't that be interesting? Well, sometimes we can't move it forward because we can't let go of the past, and so we wanted to bring in an expert who has to, who has to let go of the past. No. That's not it. That's so rude. Um, we, we wanted to bring somebody in that, honestly, on a day-to-day basis, because of her job, has to move on. She can't just sit there and dwell in what happened on the news yesterday because tomorrow's another news day. Tomorrow she's got to get another show out. Her name, Brooke Walker. Her game, Studio 5 on KSL uh, Television. She's a good friend. Uh, she's the host, executive producer, Studio 5, by the way, with Brooke Walker. She's the member of the award-winning KSL News Team and works with Operation Smile and Primary Children's Medical Center uh, to to help them raise money and, and change lives. Brooklyn Walker, welcome to the Matt you Townsend Show.
8: way more exciting than I am, but you thank are, you for that.
0: You are exciting. And again, no offense saying that you are the one that needs to move on.
8: <laughs> I'm the expert. On,
0: I, nobody <laughs> on hangs to on to the past on. more than Brooke Walker.
8: Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I understand there's a little song we might be able to cue up because I'm just saying I can't get it out of my head.
0: No, you can't. And you know what? Ever since we've been cueing it up, we can't get it out of our head. Do, do you want Do you want to introduce the song? I'll let you introduce the song.
8: Do you it's, want me to sing the song? P- no. <laughs>
0: no, I do not.
8: Okay. It's, yeah, it's the songworm that nobody can get out of their brain, but quite frankly... I'm not sick of yet and it comes down to three little words let it go.
0: Let it go. Let it go. Okay, uh. the worms in my ear now. <laughs> I will I not I can't get that out of my head.
8: How many times have you seen Frozen?
0: I've only seen it once. What? Mhm. Well, how many yeah. more times would you need to watch a show?
8: With the program, well, when you have a niece that's as obsessed with it as I am, and she'd spend some time at your house. You've yeah. seen it at least seven times.
0: No, but you know what you do? You need to teach her to let it go.
8: Let it go. <sighs>
0: let it go again. How, how have
7: you only seen this once? Well, because my. Oh, wait, kid- wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. You have boys. I have all boys. See, I have four girls. My, see, my boys let it go months ago. They saw it once. We all loved it. We
7: Actually, I bought the song. No, I have to hear it in the van on the way to here, and then the van on the way to there. Anyone with
8: daughters knows how much girls envy the Braid, the Elsa Braid. I mean, it's just...
0: No, I've seen the Braid. That's a big thing. Yeah. The Braid. Is that what they call it? The Elsa Braid? Hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Not into that. The Elsa Braid. The Elsa Braid. Now, Brooklyn, here's the deal, and I think I've asked you this before, because you you're you're big league you know you're on a really big television station lots of people see you and you do a daily show lifestyle show a program every day ksl.com go check it out studio five with Brooke walker is the name of the show but here's the deal there's some days you have great days you know by the way i have never seen you i've never seen you come unglued
8: You've never seen me lose it?
0: Never seen you lose it. (laughs) I haven't seen a diva moment, and I've seen you a lot. I've been there a lot. Right. So how do you let it go?
8: Well, here's the thing, and you kind of teed me up to this perfect point. But in television, you know, letting, letting go is just the name of the game. So news moves so fast. Yeah that you can't hold grievances from newscast to newscast, or at the, at the end of the day, your show will suffer. Things happen, mistakes are made, and you just really, your job at that point is just to embrace that tomorrow's a new show, tomorrow's a new day. In fact, I was just, I had a new intern who was coming through here, and she stopped by my office for a little um, moment of training and, and my words to her she said what, what do you want me to know about this internship opportunity you know with a news organization and I said the bottom line is you can't take anything personally if someone snips at you or snaps at you it's just part of the flow of the day because I think people are a little sometimes taken off guard yeah. by how fast it moves but the bottom line is there's a benefit to that because the very next day people have forgotten it's a new show it's a new day just today for example do you want a scenario? Yeah yeah. so I got thrown in at last minute um, our, our new news cast got sick. And so they said, Hey, can you fill in? And this was like 10 minutes before the show. And I said, sure thing. So I'm jamming on the scripts. I'm trying to catch up on the headlines that have developed in the last couple hours since I last watched the show or read the wires. And I hop on set. I do the newscast. I get done. I walk off set. All of a sudden, I feel something kind of like dangling from my hair. Oh, no. And I, I touch the side. I full-on anchored a newscast with a pen just tucked during my <laughs> ear, trying to look all smart and official.
5: Oh, man. And,
8: you know, I think the gut instinct is to say, why didn't anyone catch that? Why yeah. didn't the stage manager point yeah. out that I had yeah. a pen just what hanging behind doing? my ear? were they
0: doing? You were doing new the accessory. news. What were they all doing?
8: I know, right? Right? They clearly weren't paying attention to my latest accessory by Bic. Pens,
0: I, saw, I saw that newscast.
8: You did? No,
0: I did, and I'm, the whole time I'm like, "What's she got poking out her ear?"
8: What is that? Somebody needs no. to tell
0: her she's got. No, I didn't see it. But um, what's weird about that is, if you, see, I'm, I'm kind of a sensitive guy, so I would have just thought about that the entire ride home. Or I would have well, thought about that. Oh, you had to go do another show right after, too. By the way.
8: Well, right. So see, no time, no time to mm. sell. You got to let it go. And the bottom line is, everyone at the end of the day is doing the best they can. So when it comes to you know the bigger picture in life of letting go, at the end of the day, very few people are out to just get you, mm. and it's you that will suffer if you hang on to past grievances now, or past defenses.
0: Now, by the way, you said the words "let it go" like four times, so we have to catch up with you. Let it go! The new rule of the show is every time somebody uses that phrase, we're going to hit let it go.
8: I like it.
0: But So from here on out, if you get interrupted by that song, just keep talking.
8: Okay, okay, I got it, I got now,
0: it. Now let me, t- let me give you another one. So I, and I've already told you about this. Um, so we were speaking to at, at a conference here at BYU called Women's Conference.
8: Yes, in front of thousands and thousands, thousands of
0: people. Thousands, tens of millions of people. And my Lovely wife like and I, we got to speak. It was really wonderful, about 4,000, 3,800, 3,900 people. That's awesome. It was so great. Now. They they messed up the timing a little bit. We had twenty five minutes each to have a so we were having a 50, 50 minute presentation. They messed up the timing, and my wife got was shortchanged because well. anyway the timing started wrong and it messed her up. And then she had to cut it and edit it as we were going. Right. She had a and I did the same thing, but I I don't care. I don't know. I she had thought a lot more about hers. I guess well, I don't know sure. what it
8: was. You, you do this a lot more. Well, so. but
0: I, I guess I could I can let it go a little bit. There it is. I'm feeling it. <laughs> you feel it? And, um, but the funny thing is, is to this day when my wife talks about that event, she can't let it go. Let it go! And every time she tells the story, it's like, and they cut my time, and, and the story goes on and on, and you can almost see that we may have ruined her speaking career forever.
8: Well, that's a shame.
0: It's a shame. So you're going to teach us how to let it go.
8: I'm feeling the pressure.
0: Oh, Okay, Brooke Walker, teach us. Now? What are we supposed to do? Give us one point, and then we'll take a break. Right
8: now. Okay. Well, one thing that I find myself always reflecting on, and this was actually a lesson I learned at BYU as a student. I had a professor Mm. by the name of Randy Bott, and he was part of the religion department, so certainly there's a religious application. Sure to this particular lesson but I think there's a broader application too so he just told the story he's basically preaching of forgiveness and teaching of forgiveness and he talked about you know when someone sincerely apologizes something's someone's done you wrong or there is some um, get that music button ready there is some issue that you can't let go
0: Yes. yes so
8: he talked A lot of times, as as humans, as people, even as Christians, we tend to think of if if our life was a board, and and people have pounded holes in it, right, these little grievances and these little offenses, and and we we focus on those holes, and when someone apologizes, we're so focused on the holes that we might kind of patch them up a little bit, but we don't, and and then we go forward, but those holes are always there. You can always see through the patching and the woodworking, and it never quite looks, you know, the same. The same, same, right. Right, but his application, and, and again, this was kind of through a religious channel, but it certainly applies was you need to offer someone a new board. You need to completely give them a whole new board that will allow not only them to move forward with a fresh start, but it will allow you as a keeper of the board to look at it with new eyes and fresh eyes. And and it's not that we have to forget because a lot of times I think there are heavy, heavy issues that people need to learn from and grow from and move on from. And we're not saying repeat the mistake 10 times, but the point is that you can actually look at someone with fresh eyes and a fresh start, and that will allow you to move forward and, and not focus on those patched-up holes, so to speak, because you've given someone the gift of a brand-new board. Uh,
0: and what's powerful about that is you, you don't want necessarily the old board. You want the new—if we're going to forgive, it doesn't mean we, we can't forget the old board. You can still right. remember the old board. But if I'm going to give you the new chance, I may as well give you the new, the new clean, cleared, pristine board.
8: Absolutely. And it sounds like such a gift to that person who's done you wrong. But at the end of the day, it's you that's able to move forward and not focus on the flaws of what you know, happened in the past.
0: How do you do that in your day? Because well, I guess that's the reality is you get a brand new, fresh you know, newscast in another hour. Right, so well, every yeah, hour you every, just you got to do it every again. Every
8: hour there is a new chance, and I think there's a really unique relationship in television between um, those who are on camera and those who are behind the scenes. Yeah, there's a really unique relationship of respect. And the bottom line is, I mess up, I might have a pen behind my ear one day, but the next day my mistake could be something, you know, even more stupid. And and the bottom line is, we've all got each other's back. so yeah. we're all continuing to hand out new boards. So if the audio guy makes a mistake, it's a new board for him. If the news anchor, like an idiot, sits there with a pen behind her ear, it's a new board to her so I, I think in the television industry it's really unique we're constantly handing out new boards because we just don't have time to try to patch up the old ones or fix mm. the old ones you got to move forward there's another newscast in 60 minutes
0: brooklyn walker beautiful we're going to take a break and come back brook's going to fill us in on some more ways that we can uh let it go and uh you know let it go let it go we'll be right back this is the matt townsend show everybody this is the matt townsend show today we're talking about moving forward you know getting over your past letting it go let it go go. 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 (laughs) you know that's so sad because it really is a great song but it will be ruined by the time we're done with it i feel bad but our guest today yeah, I really don't feel bad. Brooklyn Walker, Brooke's her name. I call her Brooklyn because she reminds me of a of a uh, a barrio in um, New York. Brooke Walker. I'm sorry. Welcome back to the show. She's the host of Studio Five with Brooke Walker, KSL News Team. They'll, you know, she is the what do they call them in football when you when you're like super talent? You're a a, a oh a position player a. She's the best there is. And I'm telling you, I watch the news, but I'm also in it. I get it. You know what? Brooke Walker, the best there is. And she's today teaching us how to move on, how to just, you know, you can have a pen in your ear, behind your ear, <laughs> through a newscast, and it doesn't have to ruin your day, does it, Brooke?
8: That's the lamest example, but it was the most fresh recent one oh, that yeah. I could pull from my...
0: Hey, dude, and I I think I may have showed this on your show. There was a man who was um, from the Labor Party in... Uh, in Great Britain and met the queen with a pen behind his ear.
8: Is that true? Mm -hmm. And he didn't even
0: realize he had left the pen there. And the queen's like, well, what's with the pen? And he reached up and felt the pen and he died. He met (laughs) the queen. And she said, you know what? It's fitting. It's fitting for your job.
8: Well, and as one of my Facebook friends pointed out, because of course I blasted out my faux pas to the entire
0: social <laughs> sphere,
8: and one of my Facebook friends said, "Well, it could have been worse. You could have left sunglasses on your head." Oh, I said, see perspective. Yeah, it's you, all about perspective.
0: Do you want to? You want to know worse, Brooke? You could what? have your zipper down when you're speaking to thousands of people.
8: That's never happened to been you. Been right there, now, done
0: that. <laughs> you could leave your microphone on from a speech and then use the restroom. I've done been that there actually. done that you could <laughs> yeah. on air on television say a word that you don't say but not because I, I didn't say it it didn't come out of me but I just mispronounced a word and oh, I looked no. like the biggest idiot what, in the world the word I can't tell you
8: you've got to tell me.
0: no be I'll tell you off air I will tell you
8: okay okay
0: but it wasn't good
8: uh- oh yeah see things happen and you just have to let it go, yeah. let it go. see everywhere already hate this song and now they're just gonna love it they're
0: gonna love it and they're gonna love you so you've already given us one tool one tool is offer someone a new board so instead of the old board with all the holes in it if you're really gonna forgive if you're gonna let it go then hey you got a fresh slate here's a new board
8: absolutely here's another principle that that's helped me and, and worked, worked with me in this television industry that again is fast paced and always changing is that you have to be willing to change your expectations and I think a lot of people kind of gasp mm. panic when we talk yeah. about that because certainly you want to shoot high and goals are good but at the end of the day you've got to be willing to not always lower but just change your expectations. Right. A, couple, a couple years ago we don't have a, a regular studio audience but a couple years ago we, um, we do invite you know once or twice a year we have a studio audience show and we typically have it in this huge studio. We've also, you've joined us, we've done yeah. it out at Hill Center Theater yeah. as well, a local theater here in Utah. But we, seat, we've, we can seat like 1,000 people, 1,500 people. And so we pack them in there, and mm. it's a really cool experience. Yep. It's a big celebration, it's a big party. Well, a couple of years ago, the studio we wanted to use for this live audience show wasn't available, it was under construction. I think I talked to every technical mind and brain in this building trying to figure out a way around it so we could welcome like 1,200 people and continue the tradition of a big party a big a big show. Right. And there was just no way around it. I was trying to rent curtains to hide the construction. I was trying to bring in bleachers. I mean, I had exhausted every single opportunity, and at the end of the day, the solution was simply to go broadcast from our regular studio which could only hold like 120 people. Right. So our staff was enormously disappointed because this is usually a huge party and and now we're only going to have, you know, a tenth of the n- number of people that we did. Mm-hmm. But it was the most amazing thing when we shifted our expectations and we just accepted what it was and hosted it in the studio that was available. It was such a warm, intimate environment. I mean, we got to go one-on-one with viewers. There was a photographer there taking pictures and the thank you cards and notes and emails that we got after that were way more sincere and thoughtful and heartfelt than they ever had before. People really appreciated that intimate experience and we would have totally missed out on that had we been so dead set on hosting the match. Yeah, it's
0: got to be this one way. See, that is, see a lot of people you hit it because they think if if I we we think of it as lowering our expectation, like like that it was high and now it's low, right. and high was good because we were going to have a thousand and low is bad because we're only going to have a hundred and twenty. Yep. But it wasn't about high or low at all, was it? I guess it was just about th- just the feel was going to be. Yeah,
8: just, you gain a totally different experience, an intimate not- feel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's another point of advice and something that I'm trying to constantly remind myself of is just to change your expectations. Yes, you might feel initial disappointment, but at the end of the day, there are little benefits that will be gained that you might not ever anticipate or expect.
0: You know, there was an article I was reading about the same thing um, that said, "If some, so don't ever believe what somebody says if they're angry. So if somebody is beating you up and they're because they're in a bad mood and they're beating you up because they're angry, or you know, um, you don't have to believe – and take offense to what they're saying. So, really, in a weird way, if I'm not going to be offended when you're trying to hurt me or when you're angry, yeah. and I'm not, I don't have to take offense to it, that's the same thing as managing my expectation. I can change Absolutely. what I'm, I can change what I feel by what I'm expecting to get out of this.
8: Yes. Mm. Love so, it.
0: So, you do that every day.
8: Well, yeah, you kind of have to. I mean, things go wrong on a daily basis. I'd like to, you know, communicate that TV is as smooth on.
0: Oh <laughs> no, the you guys are a mess camera. behind but the no, scenes.
8: But no, we're a mess. I mean, we are a big mess behind the scenes. So, yeah, it's just a matter of adjusting and adapting to your situation, That's cool. and that applies to not just TV but just life.
0: Yeah. You know? Ask us uh, talk about your last one. Ask how, not why. What the, What does that mean?
8: Okay, so here's the thing. I I'd like to say I get paid to talk for a living. Which is a pretty good gig, but sure. basically I get paid to ask questions, mm. and, and I I, t- I try to ask good questions. I take pride in trying to ask good questions. And there's one question in my opinion that separates the good journalist from the great journalist. A good journalist will ask why. So a good journalist will say something like, why did you rob that bank? Or why did you take that risk? Or why did you drive at such high speeds? Or why didn't you listen? And as a beginning reporter, I asked all of the above. So I set out to learn why. It's the details of the story. It's the facts that make the headline. But over the years, I found that While good journalists ask why, great journalists don't just ask why, they ask how. So they'll say, how did that happen, officer? Or how did you make that work? Or how are you such a good parent? Or how has your life been influenced? Because the the truth is asking why usually only leads to more frustration Mm -hmm. and more questions. But asking how leads to solutions. And I think it's like that in life. There are so many things that we can question with the word Why? And we talk about getting stuck and not being able to move forward and and let it go and move toward the future. A lot of times people, thank you, thank you, right on cue, a lot of times people hang up on the word why, like why have I been given Mm -hmm. this trial or why do I feel so alone or why is my life so hard? And instead, I think the greater question to ask that will hopefully hopefully help you get unstuck and move forward is just how, how can I overcome this trial? How can I feel peace and love? How can I help others? It's a more solution-driven thought path and I think it brings you more peace. As the questioner,
0: well, it's also it seems like why is the past? So if we're going to ask why, then we're just all we're going to do is go back to the past to figure out the driver that caused what's happening. Exactly. If I'm asking how, then I am moving to the for the future in how we are going to deal with it.
8: Right, and sometimes it's it's a it's the more painful question, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it prompts you to dig deeper and and be honest. I think there's a lot more honesty in the question how than there is in why. Why is just facts. Why yeah. is just circling and pooling and swirling in the facts of this, you know, grievance or this trial or whatever you want to call it. But how really it requires honesty and it requires you to move forward. And I think that's the better question. Oh,
0: I think you're right. Project ahead. Also, it seems like the how is um, it's in your game. It's in your circle of influence. How is up to you? There you go. Versus why is what based on what happened?
8: Yeah, why I could just leave you with an answer that you're the victim of somebody else's decision. Yeah. But how really allows you to kind of get behind it and shape it from your own perspective.
0: When I, uh, we used to have a moment on TV, you and I, where you would ask me a question and yeah. I would sit there in quietness. And so, quietness. I, I, like, I remember I'd say, I don't know.
8: Uh, and, yeah, and, and then you'd let the silence just uh-huh. sit, which is, like, painful for
0: I know. For you, you hated that. I could just I did. see it.
8: I was like, dish it, tell me. Oh, I, I was, an answer. I
0: <laughs> was enjoying that moment. And then you, you corrected, and I think you basically said, how can we get you to stop doing that?
8: <laughs> is that what I said? <laughs> Instead
0: of saying, why do you do that? I think you said, how can we get you to stop doing that?
8: I like how we're having a live therapy session mm. over the air right now. Like, did this happen? Yeah. I don't know. No,
0: it's, I don't know either. I made that up. <laughs> but... I don't do it anymore. Have you noticed?
8: You don't. You're very good now about filling that silence.
0: Well, I might. Maybe we'll switch back Thanks for
8: giving up the awkwardness on behalf of viewers everywhere. Oh, boy. There it is. Let it go. Let it go.
0: Do you feel the awkwardness? (laughs) I just did it again. Thanks to Sean. I wouldn't have done that. But Sean's like, go quiet. Go quiet.
8: Sean
7: Sean's, Sean's Now we know
8: whose team Sean is on. I can never trust him again.
7: Well, yeah. hey, you know, as you're producing a show, you have to you you've got to be on top. Sean's of it. the puppeteer. We call him the
0: puppeteer <laughs> cuz he he's, a... he's he's pulling all the strings.
8: <laughs> okay, I like it.
0: Brooklyn, we love you. You're the best. Um so you got one more bit of advice for us. What's the one key that you've found like, in life? Uh, you offering someone a new board, changing your expectations, asking how not why? What yes. would you? What else? What's what's one more nugget that is you know what? the big Final deal? Final
8: parting words of advice. May I quote my dear mother, who I love. Please and do love her. She's wonderful. To. Best piece of advice she ever gave me, and this isn't necessarily unique. You've likely heard it before, but it comes down to acceptance. You change the things you can not accept, and you accept the things you ch- cannot change. Yep. And at the end of the day, doing that won't benefit those you're forgiving or it won't benefit it will, it will benefit you it will help you to move forward and i think women in particular <clears throat> we like mm-hmm. our control yeah. we like to shape things we like it to go a certain direction but there is something so freeing at the same time so so i mean you you find confidence in the fact that you have the choice to just let it go and accept it and move forward i just yeah. had to hear it one more time
0: accept and accept the things by the way uh that's Alcoholics Anonymous right there. There's the prayer.
8: That's true. The you
0: Serenity Prayer. I
8: don't know. I didn't know my mom participated in that. I didn't know she had that problem But I quoted that once <laughs> on the air and Matt goes, "Did you know that
0: that's was the Serenity Alcoholics Prayer?"
8: Anonymous. And I thought somewhere yeah. I out of my mom. No kidding. You might just
0: kidding. you might want to ask mom about that.
8: Well, Brooke, I might need to check up.
0: You're the best. Give your mom a kiss. I will. Tell her, "You know what? We're proud of her sobriety."
8: There you go. Happy
0: Mother's Day, Mom. That's right. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brooke. And uh, again, we'll we'll talk to you soon in about Always two weeks.
8: Always a pleasure. Sounds
0: good. You are the best. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. There you go. Boy, does, hey, James, real quick, does that let it go button work anymore? Um, I'm trying to use it so much that it doesn't. Yeah, uh, but Breaking it. it. Still does. One phrase at a time. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More fun, more ideas to help you uh, become more future-minded Welcome back, folks. That's the hoedown music, which means you know what—it is time to have a hoedown. And I haven't had a good hoedown—I don't know—for twelve years. Oh, there it is. I love that. Okay, welcome <laughs> is that back. That a juice harp? That's a juice harp. It's actually not. Oh, dang it! I think that's more of like the washboard. We've got to figure out what uh, actually goes into our music. Yeah, because I I could imagine that being like electronic New Age yeah, juice. It arc. might be. It might be. In fact, uh, Skyboy, who you know, we always used to joke that Skyboy put all that music together. Oh yeah. So it would be great. She would oh, know. good old Skyboy. <laughs> uh, some of you don't let remember. it go, Matt. Yeah. Let it go! Mm. The reason Skyboy came to mind is because I raised Skyboy from a pup. <laughs> and he when he got here he was just a cute was he on your doorstep yeah he was a, he was a cute little red headed kid in a onesie and i i raised him up i taught him the ropes i taught him how to run the board you fed him i fed him you educated him i i educated him <laughs> and he left and then he left to go be with a touring group from BYU oh
7: well jerk wasn't young ambassadors we don't was need it? him
0: we don't need it was young ambassadors but but again, and why I say that is because if we're thinking future, it's really our kids are going to be the future, and we've been our raising, raised. Our children are our future. Our children are our future. It's a great song, and I've raised a lot of kids on this show. Okay, James is the only one I haven't had to raise. Okay. So I, I came as an adult to the show.
2: Yeah. That's good to know, I hope actually. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So did Mike.
1: Wait, yeah. I came in as an adult or did
0: you have to raise me? What'd you say? Um Oh you're still here? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see you back there. You need that mirror. Yeah, we're still working on getting you that rear view yeah, mirror. I need a mirror so I can see him. Um y- you're not a child. Thank you. But I did have to raise you.
1: That is the <laughs> nicest thing you've said to me.
0: Okay. So, you're not that bad. <laughs> But I didn't. Have, so I. So we're going to go through this. Sean has put together, and Sean, I think, feels like he's the granddaddy of the group. So, well, that's because
7: I am <laughs> the oldest person in the room.
0: Well, yeah, but you're not that. I mean, you're not like. I mean, like Don's old.
7: <laughs> yeah, I'm not that much younger than Don. No, I don't I'm so think. glad Don doesn't oh, listen to the show because um, you're not that old. No, but. Uh, Well, you you ask my kids that question.
0: I know, right. There there are certain lessons that our children need to learn to have some hope of the future, in in having a healthy
7: future. Definitely.
0: And you've put together the the list. So as a parent out there, as a grandparent, we're going to go through the list. Mm -hmm. You make sure these things you're learning. And you, those of you that I've raised, uh, from our team here, I want you to be thinking, have you got these skills? Okay? Okay. Okay. Sean. What do we need to teach our kids for the future?
7: Well, the things that you can teach your kids. I mean, I, I don't. I don't want this to sound like if you don't teach your kids, you're a bad yeah, parent. That's right. Yeah, you know. But no,
0: but this is important.
7: Oh boy! But, oh, oh boy! Oh, Don's here. Oh, hey, no. Don. How are you, Don?
0: <laughs> you look great, Don. You look great. Very young and spry. Yeah. I um Don, I wish. By the way, you need to talk. You need to talk to um, Sean because he always scripts stuff for me to say about you. It's all scripted.
2: Is that what, what that is? That, that's not you then,
0: Matt. Yeah, no. I wouldn't ad live that because that <laughs> would get you in here. You are listening to the show.
2: I would never miss a Matt Townsend show. When I did you it. start listening? Big fan. Big fan. Are you really? I have your
0: autograph? Somebody called you, didn't they? Somebody called. Your wife's like, Don, listen. They're talking about you. <laughs> he went to women's conference <laughs> and in saw Get in there now. Oh, he saw the speech. That's it. Okay, big league now. Thanks, Don. <laughs> Whew.
7: We got to be careful.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Okay, don't write
7: that stuff. For I me won't. To read. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to. Okay,
0: so back to the subject at hand. Z block. Uh, that's what. That's the Z block. We're in the Z block. Z block. for are wrapping up
7: the show. That's right. Here we go, Sean. Teach us. Well, you want to. You want your kids to be set for their future. You, you know, you you want to prepare for their future as much as you can, and you don't want them back. No, exactly. We want them to leave, and that's that's once exactly that's some of the things that we're going to teach them yeah. here. Okay. Now, first thing on the list, I, I thought was interesting is you need to teach them about technology. What do you mean? Computers. How to use a computer? How? how I mean, I realize most kids know how to use a computer a lot better than their parents oh, yeah. do. So that one, like they need to teach I'm, me that. I'm not sure if you have to teach that one. Yeah,
0: but maybe like thinking skills that go with technology. Yeah.
7: But the way, the way the information age is happening right now, if your kids are not technologically savvy, yeah. it, it's going to be Train hard right. for them to, to continue
0: on in life. That's I true. I think that's really that's good. And a lot of times I think we're avoiding technology so much that you might be hindering your children. Everything, even your job applications, everything is, mm-hmm. is coming through technology now. So you, yeah. don't want them to have, you don't want them to be behind. Right.
7: The second uh, topic is money. You yeah. t- need to teach your kids about money. This is something that I'm recognizing right now. Oh, man. Um, I have, you know, my, my oldest is 15 years old and my youngest is nine. Mm. And so there's quite a range there. And we have to teach them how to manage their funds. How what to make you... money that, and how well, to that, put it in the bank yeah. and then how to save it. And mm-hmm. yeah. need to teach them basic stuff, though, also. And now you may be able to do this online nowadays, but still you have to keep track of your funds in, a, in like a checkbook. Yeah. No, right. If you don't keep track of that, you, you know, oh, I have money. I have my card. Oh, All yeah. right. I have money. I, I have checks. Hey,
0: how about teaching them that just because somebody offers you a T-shirt for signing up for a credit card oh, yeah. at the mall, you mm-hmm. don't have to do it. Mm. Exactly. Even if you need a T-shirt, it might be cheaper to just go buy a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah,
7: that's exactly right. Mm. But as, that's the next thing. You need to teach. We need to teach our kids about credit yeah and oh, how yeah. to use it i mean it is important these days that you have a credit card right you need you might need it for an emergency um renting a car it's very it's like you need central, to have it right? yeah because i mean they'll they'll take a deposit for the car uh if you're booking a hotel room they'll usually oh, take yeah. a deposit for a hotel room yeah. as well. And so you need to have those.
2: Yeah, and it's just like this big game, mm-hmm. and you just need to know how to play the game, or else you will fail miserably. Well, yeah, and somebody needs to
7: teach that. I, yeah. I, I know there are people who teach, you know, that you should go through life without credit cards and things right. like that. But, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta be more savvy than that. I think.
0: Well, or if 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 that exists, mm-hmm. go figure out how to do it with cash. With cash, but <laughs> that's going to take some. Some learning. I wouldn't it just would've. assume you're going to get through, uh, you know, buying a home exactly. without some credit history. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you you know, I guess you could if you saved all your money and then just threw down the money to buy the home. Exactly. That, that would
7: be great and ideal. But know
0: what you're up against. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then
7: there's also savings. Teach kids how to save money. Oh yeah. That is, uh, that is the biggest – that is the hardest thing for my yeah. kids to learn, actually. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I want to buy so. this. I want to buy this. I have money at home, Dad. I have money at home. I can pay you. I can pay you. Okay. What are you saving? Um, I don't uh, yeah. oh, know.
0: Uh, yeah. I have a son that I'm convinced is going to be a millionaire. Because he doesn't buy anything? Well, he's super talented. But he'll, we're going to go to his house. I know it. He'll, be, he'll live on the beach in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. He'll make music. He'll be super talented. He'll have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of checks all over his – house that have not been that deposited. he's never cashed he's never put into the bank he's never dro- i mean it's but that's important you got to know how to fill out the exactly the deposit slips and everything
7: and the last one though in the money area that i thought of was taxes mm. i mean taxes. how many how many kids know how to do their taxes no no i did my son's taxes it's easy i know well, there is, well there's yeah. a form that even says it's, e- it's easy. easy that's right and it was easier than i thought at least when I was, I know when I was growing up, the easy, I mean, there were nine things to to put, yeah. nine lines of information you had to fill out, and three of them were your name and address. <laughs> so you were a third of the way there. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, but also teach them that there are taxes. That's right. When you get that paycheck and you it doesn't come out, you know, they're thinking, okay, I work this many hours, I get paid this much an yeah. hour. Wait a minute, I didn't get that much money. Yeah. Guess money. what?
0: Money, technology. There's. Give us one more before we gotta
7: go. Um, well, I think home home making basics. Mm. Really, teach kids how to cook. Yeah, top teach ramen them. is not
0: a complete meal.
7: <laughs> well, if your budget only allows for top ramen, then you got to teach those no. money skills. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> then go find a carrot. But also teach them how to plan a menu. Yeah, and how to shop for the food. Uh huh. Ex- all with, of that without and with, then, your, with cash. One of the biggest that we've been talking about all day, attitude. Mm, yeah, see, that we don't teach. No. No. you got to teach your kids to be positive. Because my kids all the time just come up, Dad, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Oh, I,
0: okay. Ah, come on, grow up. Yeah,
7: well, there is that too. Yeah,
0: attitude. But see, <laughs> and how to manage your own emotions and how to recognize your own emotions and understand who you are. I think it's, um, I think it's powerful to have a sense of who you are. And I call it the code. Figure out the code of you. I know I need so much sleep. I know I need what what works better in my body and what doesn't. Figure out mm-hmm. your code. Good exactly. stuff. Sean, you did it again. I hope so. Hey, here's a quote for you. Don't judge me by my past. I don't live there anymore. Boom! So that's me moving on. I see. Living in the future. Your attitude has changed. You know what? Killer guest tomorrow. Elaine Witt will be joining us She's going to help us learn how to present yourself best. Here's a quote for what's coming up tomorrow, kids. When you can see what no one else can see, you can say what no one else can say. Ow! Elaine Witt. She's joining us tomorrow. This is the Matt Townsend Show, trying to help you find the good in life. By the way, putting together the best life we can. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.